Hello and welcome to the 2021 preseason power ranking podcast for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. The first thing I want to do is I want to thank each and every single one of you for making your way out to Denver and for uh, Reese and Brandon for you guys joining in via Zoom for a five hour draft. You know, big thanks to everybody for making it such a special weekend. And another reason why our league has just proven to truly be one of the best leagues in the entire world, um, an extraordinary weekend capped off by an amazing draft, and ultimately one of the funniest Airbnb um, reviews that a human being can ever have in their lives. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to read off that Airbnb review that we received. Quote unquote, from Teddy himself, Ryan and his friends should not be allowed in public. They were disgusting, destructive, and unkempt to stay in any Airbnb, hotel, or friend's house ever again. They have accrued over 5000 in damage, repair, cleaning in our home and wish to never see them again. Do not, I repeat, do not let Ryan or any of his friends in your rental from Teddy himself. Who is he to tell us that we can't stay at a friend's house? Come on, Teddy. What a joke, buddy. But either way, awesome weekend. So much drinking. I'm just getting over my hangover now. It's been four weeks since we've had our draft, and I can't believe it. But we are just mere days away from the NFL season starting and a brand new season, and one that's going to be much different than what we had going into last year. There were a lot of concerns last year about COVID. Would the whole season be played? And the NFL proved that the product itself is always going to be more important than anything else that's going on. So we know football is here to stay. Don't have too many concerns about the season not being played in entirety this year. Um, you know, we'll see. They, they want to shut us down, but we keep on going and the league keeps on going. So that leads us into the preseason power rankings. And the one thing I'll say is, you know, typically in the past, I would try to do power rankings each and every single week. I will try to do them as frequent as I can, depending on work and, and other things that are going on. Um, but otherwise, you know, I'll be looking to get it out every couple of weeks, you know, update on some things that have happened, maybe some big matchups or news. So maybe it will be a little bit different format this year, or I squeak in a five minute, like, quick podcast in the week, you know, if it's not a full power rankings or something like that, there's funny matches that are going on or tight matches or things that have happened in the group chat, maybe I'll hop on to the podcast and just do a quick recording. Um, so we'll see about the format this year. If anybody wants to join in and maybe take over a week of power rankings, absolutely, you know, reach out to me. We can always set something up in that regards. But let's go ahead and jump into the preseason power rankings and start with who I believe came in last and final place. So at the 10 spot, we have this team. And I have to tell you that I believe this team is by far and away my least favorite roster out of the 10. I think a lot of it is really close when you're talking about rankings and, you know, a team moving up one spot or moving down two spots. It's so close and minute of how I'm, you know, trying to draw and come up with some of these conclusions. But this team stood out to me 
as my least favorite team, and that is going to be Jake's team. Now, what is so bad about this team is I, I do not buy into Miles Sanders, Josh, Josh Jacobs, or Kenyon Drake. I think if you have one of those three running backs end up being a good fantasy player all year, I, I would be shocked at that. I, I just think we've seen the best of Josh Jacobs from a fantasy perspective. I, I know Miles Sanders definitely has some intrigue about him, and maybe he's the guy that does end up being good for you. But I'm just not buying into them at all. I also think your wide receiver depth is especially bad. Um, you know, Devontae Adams is definitely a pure number one. But outside of that, I mean, you're looking at Kenny Galladay, LaVisca Chenault, Jalen Rieger, Devontae Parker. I know you've had some luck with Devontae Parker in the past, but this just doesn't seem to me like a team that's really built to have a lot of success. Um, there's just more bad here than good. Now, on the good side, I do think, you know, Justin Herbert is going to take a major step forward in his career this year and really show how he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I really believe in his talent. And, you know, nobody nailed this more on the head than Colin when he said he should have been the number one quarterback drafted. And after seeing him play last year, I think it is a runaway train for him. He's going to truly be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, Travis Kelsey is going to be a major advantage for you at that tight end position. Um, he's you know played like 129 out of 131 games or something like that. I mean, he's just been such a rock solid tight end and really one of those big advantages you could have here in fantasy. So, you know, with Kelsey and Devontae Adams, I, I do think that there is a chance that this team is good. Um, I just think, you know, depth wise and things, that's what led me to to believing that this was, you know, kind of the worst out of the 10 teams. Now, the other thing here that I'm going to say that I think you have good here is Mike Davis. I think he was one of the most underrated running backs heading into the draft. I still think he is one of the most underrated backs there are. I mean, if we think about it, I mean, Todd Gurley had a pretty good fantasy year last year, and he has the knees of uh, our guy, Teddy. Uh, at the Airbnb because apparently he's always on them. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it, it's really a, a big a big question mark here with this team. But I do think Mike Davis could end up being a, a fantasy stud and somebody that was truly just overlooked and underdrafted. And he's really shown some poise here. But that will uh, wrap up here at that number 10 spot. But I do want to give you a special shout out for making sure you drafted your guy, Frank Gore. At number nine. We have Kressner's team. Now, what I don't like about this team, and obviously one of the things that you got you know, truly screwed with here is the ETN injury that obviously, you know, you lose one of your high draft picks. And, and I do think even at that stakes, you know, I know that's where he was going ADP wise, but I, I do think ETN was being a bit overdrafted. So I thought he was a bit of a reach and then he gets injured. That's obviously going to be a uh, you know, big question mark for your team. Saquon Barkley, you know, we have to we have to temper our expectations with him. I know that we believe him to be one of the best running backs in the NFL. However, with his knee injury, what can we really expect with such a bad offensive line? It's just a it's a lot of big question marks here. Now, you do have Tyreek Hill and Mike Evans, who I think are going to be, you know, one of the more solid 
you know, type four wide receivers here in that they're going to be guys that are just awesome for you. You know, a few years ago, I was saying Mike Evans was not good. I mean, a guy, all he's done is produce thousand yard seasons. I think he's done eight in a row. Um, I, I couldn't have been more wrong on him. He, he's so unbelievable. And having, you know, the best quarterback of all time and, you know, being such a big, uh, you know, red zone threat, uh, Mike Evans is really going to be a stud there. Now, another pick you had was Deontay Johnson. And a, a guy, again, I think was being overdrafted and, and reached on to a certain degree. I'm just not really sure what to expect. They have so many different weapons there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm just not sure why we believe that Deontay Johnson is going to be the one that takes this major step forward. Why not Claypool? Why not Juju? You know, and, and Deontay Johnson be the first one drafted. It just seems like a bit of a reach for me there. Um, you know, I, I just think overall there's there's a lot here. And I, I think one of the things that hurt your team the most was, um, you know, Ronald Jones as a keeper, like for this team to be truly successful, I think Ronald Jones has to be that breakout running back. And, you know, Leonard Fournette needs to really be more of just a guy that comes in, but we'll see. I mean, maybe this is the year for Ronald Jones. I mean, he's still a very young football player. Um, so who knows what to expect there, but overall I got you here at the ninth spot at number eight. I think this is going to be a bit of a shock to most people at that uh, I, I'm ranking this person here. Now, the reason why I am doing this is because this person gave up an unbelievable amount of value to move up three spots in the draft and select the number one overall fantasy football player, which was Christian McCaffrey. So this is J.O.'s team. Um, and I think... It was just too much value. I mean, we look at the starting roster of Lamar Jackson, McCaffrey, Gaskins, Ridley, Antonio Brown is in your starting in your starting lineup here. You made the trade for um, Devonta Smith for Logan Thomas. That helped out your tight end spot. There's no doubt there. But then we look at your flex with Odell and Damian. And I think the one thing with these power rankings are, you know, as a preseason, I'm looking as if we kept this whole team for the rest of the year. And the one thing I'll say here is, you know, Jo's in the eighth spot, but we know that he's going to comb that waiver wire and, and be one of the best people there. And so do I think he'll end up being the eighth best team here? No, but I think just looking at the roster and the way it's constructed today and the value that was given up to get Christian McCaffrey, you would need Christian McCaffrey to literally be dominating with 40 point weeks consistently for this team to really have a winning success formula, in my opinion. Um, I'm not a fan of the OBJ, Juju, Antonio Brown combination on the same fucking team. It's crazy. It is crazy. You know, we talked about Jake's team, and I, I think there's one of those three running backs will be good. I think there's a possibility that all three of those wide receivers end up being not really great fantasy players. Uh, obviously, the value's there, and maybe OBJ's back. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just hard for me to say that. Um, I think, you know, again, on the good side, though, is you've proven to be one of the absolute best on the waiver wire. So we know that you're going to dominate in, in that regard. And then also you do have some really good young promising players here with Javonta Williams. Obviously, he could be a great breakaway for you, as well as Marquez Callaway. I think 
it's really going to depend on what Sean Payton lets Jameis do from a week-to-week perspective. It, you know, is he going to only throw underneath stuff in the preseason? We saw some deep balls, and if Jameis is throwing deep balls like that, you know, what we saw the last time Jameis was a starting quarterback in 2019 was two tw- top 12 wide receivers and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So could Callaway have a Godwin S season or an Evans S season where he ends up in the top 15 wide receivers? I think there is a good chance that that does happen. Um, also, I think, you know, on, on the positive side here as well, CMC could be the number one running back. I think Lamar Jackson has proven he could be the number one quarterback. And then Ridley could definitely end up being the number one wide receiver at fantasy's end. So there's still a lot of good here. Um, but, you know, I do think just losing a lot of value there, your overall roster construction is, is a little bit weaker compared to everybody else. At number seven. Now, this is not too much of a shocker here. He, he's already dealt with the injury to his keeper, which was one of the best keepers and best values. And this is Bendo's team with J.K. Dobbins going down already. I mean, it's not a big shock for you. Um, it's just year over year. This is just what you've you know accustomed to doing is every single keeper you have ends up not playing in the NFL. It, it's truly amazing how many careers you're, you're ruining. Um, also at the draft, I mean, you, Dak's shoulder didn't even make it 24 hours. I, I mean, he's going to potentially have to have Tommy John hours, hours after being drafted. I also think it was crazy to me that in another league, you doubled down in your big three of Zeke, Carson, and Dobbins. That is just ludicrous knowing your history of running backs and keepers and, and all things considered with first round picks. Um, but outside of that, outside of that, I think, and it was hard because I actually think I, I was close to ranking you a couple spots higher, even with the JK Dobbins injury here is this to me is a good team. Dobbins would have definitely pushed it over the edge. And I think that this is really a top four roster. If Dobbins was healthy, I think the number one thing here is, you know, as I'm looking at this is. What are you going to do with tight end? You know, Gronk probably can't really be considered, you know, somebody that you want to start every single week. And we've seen what an advantage the tight end position does have. So it is really interesting here. But again, I I do like this roster. I mean, Godwin, Hopkins, Carson Elliott. I mean, that's a solid four right there. I like what you can do in the flex with Cooper Cup and Mike Williams and Honestly, if Mike Williams stays healthy, I mean, we might be really looking at a top 20 fantasy wide receiver um, and somebody who really could be propelled, you know, many rounds forward. Um, Just due to the fact of Justin Herbert taking that next step and Mike Williams being that downfield threat. So I do like this team. You do have Tony Pollard to back up Zeke if there's any sort of injury there. I am a little concerned with Carson and how many running backs are keeping on roster, but you do have James White and uh, Trey Sermon. So there is a lot of value here on this team. And it's, it's one of the teams I like the most um, in the league. It just was that Dobbins injury really pushing you down. I think overall, if Dobbins was healthy, I would have had no issue putting this team in the top four. So we'll move on and go to number six. And we are going to be looking at 
um, overall here, one of my favorite starting lineups, if not my most favorite starting lineup here, and this is going to be Mayhan's team. And I think when we, we look at his team, we have Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor. That's two first round caliber running backs. Then we go to wide receiver and we have DK Metcalf, who could definitely propel himself into being a top three wide receiver here in fantasy. And we have Julio Jones, and we don't really know what to expect with him being in a new setting in Tennessee. But all we've seen from Ryan Tannehill, your starting quarterback, is that he has been electric since taking over the starting quarterback position in Tennessee. He's been one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best ranked quarterbacks, rated quarterbacks. So it's hard to keep sitting here and, you know, making that every single wide receiver on Tennessee, their value goes down because of Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has really proven himself to be an absolute threat. And I think we have to stop looking at things that way. And I think overall, this this starting lineup here, it just has a lot of gas, in my opinion, with Mark Andrews, Thielen, Claypool. Now, what loses me here on this team is I loathe your bench. I think it's the worst bench in our league by far and away. It's got Coleman, P. Ryan, Collins, Mack. I mean, you're praying, praying that somebody gets a season-ending injury. Otherwise, your team and your bench have zero value. So I don't know what you're going to do on bye weeks and on weeks where guys are injured or have COVID. I'm really not sure. And it's one of the reasons why I think at year's end, you could end up being one of the worst teams, depending if injuries and COVID and things don't break your way. Um, but outside of that, I mean, if your guys stay healthy, I do think your starting lineup week in and week out is good enough that it could just keep on rolling as long as everybody stays healthy. Also, you'll eventually get Michael Thomas back. And, you know, personally, I think his career is most likely done. Um, I think Mendo ended it, but who knows? I mean, he might come back and end up being, you know, the best wide receiver in football again. I mean, it was just a year ago that we were talking about Michael Thomas as the best receiver in football and somebody that had a track to the Hall of Fame. So I don't know what to really expect in that regards, but, you know, definitely your team has some good value here in the starting lineup, but that bench is ultimately what's going to keep on, you know, dragging you down here in the power rankings. At number five, I think a lot of people will be shocked that I'm going to put this team here at number five, but it's going to be Collins' team and it's hard to sit here and say that this team isn't good and shouldn't be higher up in the rankings um, considering how much value you got from the CMC trade. I mean, you were able to flip that and get Alvin Kamara. So not a huge drop off from CMC to Kamara, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I guess we'll see how that plays out, but then you're able to add in so much additional value by getting, you know, Waller, Lamb, Robinson, Harris. I mean, there's just so much here on this team and one of those lineups that has so much juice that it, it could be higher up. But ultimately, I think for how much value you got from the CMC trade, you didn't do enough with it. Um, you know, I look at this team and it just doesn't look like a championship roster. You still don't have a quarterback on roster that's going to be starting on week one. So who knows what you're going to do there? I mean, streaming quarterbacks is definitely a way to you know, win in this league. We've seen it work in the past. Um, I'm just not 
overall, I'm just not like super enthused about this team and, and its outlook here. I mean, obviously there's a lot going on with Kamara, Harris, A-Rob, Lamb, Waller. But then we start looking down towards roster at Chase, IU, Will Fuller. I mean, maybe Will Fuller breaks out. But then we get to your running backs and we have, you know, DeAndre Swift and he's already hurt. So it's who knows with Detroit. I mean, it's kind of like a curse there at the running back, just like the Mendo first round and keeper curse. I'm, I'm just not entirely you know, sure that what you did with that pick and, and trading it was enough to propel you to be in the number one spot. I do look at this roster and say this could absolutely be the number one team um, just based on how much value you got you know, moving up that many rounds in ADP. But overall, um, I don't know. I mean, this is definitely just not one of my favorite teams. And number four, we're going to go to Jeff's team. So already Jeff has been outranked by Brett in the power rankings. We don't know where Brett's going to end up yet, but Jeff comes in here at the number four spot. And I think on the good side of things, we take a look at Josh Allen, and that kicks off your fantasy team here. And you know, one of the better keepers that we saw this year is he's a stud fantasy QB, and he's only getting better. We keep seeing Josh Allen improve from year to year. And I think from a fantasy side, too, we're going to keep seeing that progression as well because we're seeing him end up as a better passer and still having that ability to run like a Cam Newton. Um, I also think that, on this side is maybe this is Joe Mixon's year. Kind of a guy that a lot of people have given up on potentially just because they've gotten burned on him in the past and drafted him early in drafts. But maybe this is the year that Joe Mixon breaks out and has that stud RB1 fantasy type impact. We've seen it in spurts with him of being just an absolute stud. And I think, you know, we look at kind of like the cyclical trends of fantasy and we we see players get pushed out of like the first round every year because of whatever. And then they have this great breakout year and everyone's like, whoa, 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 why didn't we see the Joe Mixon RB1 year? It's like, oh, yeah, because so many people have gotten burned. They just don't want to draft him anymore. But maybe this is the year for Joe Mixon. Um I also think that you took a big shot on Daryl Henderson, obviously somebody that propelled his way up the fantasy draft boards as the injury happened there in L.A., but he's definitely somebody that we've seen have a lot of production last year in short spurts and prove that if he gets enough volume, maybe he could propel himself forward. So I like the chance there of reaching on a Daryl Henderson. He could really break out and be a stud player. Also, you know, we've seen A.J. Brown be an absolute stud um, at the wide receiver position, um, as well as you got my guy, the Colonel, the Colonel Mustard, um, Raheem the Dream. I love that guy. You know, who knows what Trey Sermon's role is going to be in San Francisco? Um, we know that we've seen them run the ball extremely well, and maybe that just helps propel Mustard forward. Um, so definitely something else I like there. On the bad side, um, I do think you drafted an A.J. Green. His career, to me, it looks done. I, I don't think there's anything left in the tank for A.J. Green and somebody that will probably be dropped early on into the season. Um, also, you know, Tyler Lockett and Chubb, as much as I like both players individually and how great they have shown to have, like, breakout games. I mean, Tyler Lockett 
put it on the books. He will have one 40-point fantasy game this year, guaranteed. That's just a product of their team. And the same thing with Chubb as well. But also on the other side, and the other flip side of the coin there is they're going to have bad games based on their team construct. You know, based on Pete Carroll just trying to run the ball a million times and, you know, Wilson just kind of running around for his life is, you know, Tyler Lockett might just have one game for one reception, seven yards. We've seen it in the past. Nick Chubb, we might see a game where he has seven carries, 13 yards, zero catches, and it's a cream hunt day. So I do think that that's some of the bad side there is you have to start both of these players on a week in and week out basis. But if both of them have a bad week together, how do you win in those bad weeks? You're going to need a Josh Allen to really propel you forward to win those games. On your bench, I mean, I think it's kind of a boring, safe bench here with, you know, Naeem Hines and, and David Johnson, and Debo Samuel. I think you'll be able to kind of swap guys in and out throughout the year. It's going to be boring. I don't think there's anybody here that's really going to break out. Maybe Russell Gage does. I think that's the one guy I look at here on your bench that's like he could really be a breakout type player for you. But definitely something that we'll see play out through the year. At number three, number three, we have Reese's team. And what puts you here at number three is you have... Patrick Mahomes, Dalvin Cook, Stefan Diggs. Just like I mentioned with J.O.'s team and having Ridley, CMC, and Jackson, those three guys could end up the number one at their position this year. Guaranteed. Cook could end up being the number one running back. Mahomes, number one quarterback. Diggs, the number one wide receiver. I think we saw last year, Diggs and Josh Allen have such a great connection, and Diggs have this great breakout year. I think another year of them being together just gives them a bigger chance here to be even better together. I think Stefan Diggs is one of the guys that we can look at here as almost a lock to be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. He's going to get so much volume there in Buffalo. And truly, they have this awesome, unbelievable connection together. Also, Reese, as always, you did it. You took a bear. You got David Montgomery. Definitely somebody there in, in the later rounds, um, outside of rounds one and two, that could really end up being, you know, having RB1 type production. I would love Montgomery better with Justin Fields. I'm not sure what the fuck Andy Dalton is going to do or provide to the Chicago Bears. The lines have already been released for week one, and the Bears are already a pretty big underdog. And, you know, nobody is really looking at our team like this offense is going to be a juggernaut. So uh, I, I like this team better with Fields, but, you know, Montgomery could still have enough touches week in and week out where we see that RB1 type production from him. Just got to find a way to stay on the field. Um, also, I think you you did a good job in, in the draft here of per, getting a lot of guys that could provide a lot of value and a lot of lift for your team. Even when we look at your bench, I mean, you have Tom Brady who was a fantasy stud at quarterback last year. So you have somebody to back up Mahomes in case anything happens. You also have some good upside here with players like Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, T Higgins, Jarvis Landry, you know, guys that we've seen some really good production from in the past. And, and, you know, could that happen again? I think on the bad side here for you is, is your weakness is going to come at that tight end position. Noah Fant, 
I mean, he screwed you last year. Surprise, you took him this year. But, you know, like I said, with Joe Mixon on, on Jeff's team, is some of the times, you know, when you get screwed and, and you're not supposed to pick that guy again and picking him again, that that's actually when they have like that breakout type season for you. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But I, I personally wouldn't have been able to take no offense. And then I also think, you know, if we look at anything here that could really hurt your team moving forward, it's just going to be that running back depth. Like if Montgomery or Cook goes down, which we've seen that they haven't been super durable, is does James Conner, Devin Singletary, and Philip Lindsay provide you enough value at that running back position? I mean, it would seem to me like each week you're looking at starting four wide receivers and those two running backs and just praying they stay healthy throughout the season. So definitely something to maybe look to improve on as the season goes forward. Now at the number two and number one spot here, this was very hard. This was a very difficult decision for me at the number two and number one spots. And had I done the rankings right after our draft, it would have been probably flip-flop. But because of the injury we saw, at number two is going to be my team. I had a very hard time keeping my team out of the number one spot. I think this is one of the best drafts that I have had over the last decade here. It started off with a great keeper in Antonio Gibson, um, somebody I traded for last year with that in mind. And it worked out for me because Washington committed to him and said he is going to be our running back moving forward. Um, I also think I got some really good value players here in Kyler Murray um, George Kittle and uh, Keenan Allen. I think they're just really solid players that are going to produce on a week in and week out basis for me. I think the one question, you know, for me was, you know, did taking Derrick Henry over Dalvin Cook make sense at that two spot? Something in my gut said, go with Derrick Henry. We have one extra game this season. Who's built to last? Who's Dura last? And to me, that was Derrick Henry. He's a guy that could last all those games, he could reach that 2,000 mark again. I know we haven't seen a lot of great production out of running backs after a 2,000-yard season, but if there's one guy that is built to have that sort of success, um, to me it's Derrick Henry, but it's obviously the number one question mark I have going into the season is can he break, can he break that uh, trend that we've seen from those 2,000-yard running backs? Um, obviously I got a big lift with the JK Dobbins injury and getting a guy like Gus Edwards, who we've seen had a lot of success. The question will be is how many carries does he get? Is there any sort of split there? It's not real clear cut that like Gus Edwards is not going to get 20 carries a game. We, we expect that that might happen, but it's definitely not a positive thing that, that may or may not happen. I do think if I look at my team here, one thing that could end up hurting me is my wide receivers here. You know, I, I think Keenan Allen and Robert Woods are great week in and week out plays for me. I think Keenan Allen, it will be a mainstay in my lineup. I think Robert Woods has some matchups that maybe I will look to pull him out. You know, a guy like Jacoby Myers could have a great season with Mac Jones and not Cam Newton. I'm excited about that. And, you know, getting uh, Devonta Smith from J.O. for uh, Logan Thomas, I think that helped, you know, make my wide receivers a little bit better. But I just don't know if I'm seeing like those top 15 wide receivers out of Keenan Allen realistically and maybe Robert Woods squeaking in there. The rest of my guys really fall more into like, could they be a top 25 receiver or top 20 receiver? So 
I do think that's one area that my team has a little bit of struggle in. Um, running back wise, I think there's good depth here in having a cream hunt and and also, you know, Gus Edwards. I think, you know, Chase Edmonds and Michael Carter, I, I don't know what to expect from them. I'm not expecting a ton, but maybe Michael Carter as the season goes on gets a little bit better. Um, so a lot going on there with my team. And at number one, we have Brett's team, the reigning champion, came in strong and had an awesome draft. Um, and it's hard for me to put him at the number one spot, especially having Aaron Rodgers at his quarterback. I mean, he doesn't even talk to his own parents. I mean, why would you want that guy on your team? I mean, he's already just a team cancer. Um, so, you know, hoping your team sucks, Brett. I mean, you won last year at a Mickey Mouse season anyways. So hard for me to really say, like, this team's going to be so great. But Overall, I mean, it was, to me, the strongest team out there. And, and a really big part of that, again, is just the, the injury to ETN and having James Robinson propel that far forward here of being a true, um, you know, RB1 and, and, and should get all that volume and all those catches that ETN was about to get. I mean, James Robinson could end up being a top, you know, six, seven running back and a guy that we're drafting in the first round next year and not even worrying about ETN moving forward. Um, it's just such a big win there for you. And Austin Eckler, I mean, we've seen it. He's been dominant when he plays and when he's healthy um, is this year he puts it all together. I, mean, I would give the same argument for Austin Eckler as I did for Joe Mixon, a guy a lot of people have soured on especially now that he's doing uh, fantasy football power rankings and podcasts, just like I am. Um, but, you know, a guy that we've seen that has that RB1 type upside. We look at your wide receivers here of Justin Jefferson and Terry McLaurin. I mean, that's just awesome. That to me is fantasy football. You win that. I mean, that's, that's incredible. We also see that Kyle Pitts there is at your tight end position. Definitely a guy that was probably overdrafted a bit, but, has that upside to be a great tight end, especially with him, you know, really being more of a wide receiver. You also have Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Amari Cooper. I mean, this team is just solid. We even look at the bench of Jerry Judy, uh, Jalen Waddle, Shark, and Jamal Williams for Detroit, who I think was a guy that was really overlooked and somebody that you ended up nailing it on the head there of saying every year these Detroit guys are supposed to be great. It's really the backup that ends up having more value. I think that Jamal Williams pick was amazing. Corey Davis could emerge as the number one wide receiver in New York and him having a new young quarterback. Maybe he could end up being a stud. I, I don't really see too many issues or too many weaknesses with this team. And it's why I, you know, ranked you here at that number one spot. Now, I think what's interesting is now that we've gone through all the different power rankings, we take a look at week one and, and the different matchups that we have. Well, week one, we have my team and Brett's team facing off the number one and number two in the preseason power rankings. So we're going to see this play out here and, and see who really is truly deserving of being in that one spot. I think it's really close. I think you're cutting hairs here. I do just think when we looked at the team constructs there of James Robinson and Gus Edwards, James Robinson was the one piece that propelled Brett into that number one spot. Well, we're going to see this play out week one. Also, we are going to see the number three and four teams in the power rankings also play out uh, first week as well from Jeff and Reese's team. So we'll see who is going to be deserving in that three and four spot. We also have Collins team, which was the number five team versus Kressner's team, which was the nine team. So good week one matchup there for Collins based on the power rankings. 
Then we have Joe's team is going to face off against Jake's team. That was going to be the number seven versus the number 10 team there. I still think Mendo's team is one of the stronger teams here. Just that injury to J.K. Dobbins really kind of set him back there. And and who knows how many injuries he's faced in the past there, you know, looking at a number one running back like Zeke Elliott as well. And then the last ma- matchup to mention is going to be Mayhan's team, which was the number six versus Jeremy's team, the number eight team. So again, we have an interesting week one. And again, I'm going to look to do as many of these power rankings as I can moving forward. Um, it will just depend on timing, schedule, things like that. So maybe we'll have a different construct of how these worked in the past. I'll do my best on my end. But again, thank you to each and every single one of you for making this such a special week. Thank you all for flying out here, for joining in via Zoom, for being a part of such a great league and, and a league that is, you know, truly special um, and, you know, one that I'm happy to be, be a part of and, and do these power rankings for. But Have a great week, everyone, and looking forward to week one of the NFL season and looking forward to that Sunday group chat of just messages flying back and forth as we're watching games and we get to watch Red Zone week one because the Bears don't play until the night against the Rams. So even better for a week one perspective. And then Saturday or Sunday, the 19th, the Bears face the Bengals. We are throwing a big tailgate. Everyone should be there um, and join in as we look to tailgate for the first time in two years. But talk to everyone later.